But we were served an endless array of Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn and Bob Hope and, of course, Betty Davis. This book isn't about Davis. But in a way, Betty Davis is the reason it exists. My mother treated writing like something that had to be done. She loved it. It was for fun and for her soul, and it was something completely her own. And now she has her chance to share it with the world. With you, dear reader. My mom was one of the special ones. Anyone who ever met her knew it. And now you'll get to meet her too. I hope you enjoy the ride. Most sincerely, Tessa Martz. Daughter, friend, classic film fiend. Chapter One Malibu. It is late morning. And I am drinking a double martini. I'm sitting on a marble bench on a bluff high above the Pacific Ocean. Nearby is the large Spanish style house, a sort of mansion actually, that was once my father's, but which now belongs to my older half sister, Charlotte. The sun is shining, the water is blue, the lawn is the colour of money. Perfection. Or at least it would be if it weren't for all the people standing around. Unfortunately, there are about six hundred of them. Like me, they're guests at the wedding of my nineteen-year-old niece, Georgia. Unlike me, many of them are Hollywood filmmakers and celebrities. Everywhere I look, it's designer dresses, tailor-made tuxes, and the predatory gaze of the rich and vacuous. Restless, waiting for the ceremony to begin, many people have crowded under several large tents pitched on the lawn, where they're helping themselves to free liquor. Well, why not? God knows they can sleep it off tomorrow. As for me, by tomorrow I hope to be headed home to New York. I am bored and I am lonely. And I realise my friend Dottie Fielding was right when she warned me that coming out to George's wedding was a bad idea. I can't believe you're going to that circus, Dottie had said to me back in Manhattan. Not now, not with things the way they are. Besides, from what you've told me, you're not overly fond of your sister. Half-sister, I said. Anyway, her daughter's sweet. Dottie's my oldest, dearest, and believe it or not, kindest friend. And as my closest friend, she's earned the right to be, well... Blunt. You can't even afford a decent wedding present, Dottie said. Nothing that would go over with that crowd. You could take something out of your inventory, I suppose. Ship the happy couple a chunk of old Pennsylvania station. Ha! There's an objet one doesn't stumble over every day. Dottie, I should tell you, is in her late fifties. She owns a chic little shop in Greenwich Village that's filled with French Art Deco antiques. As an antiques dealer, she has quite an eye and makes a good living selling the overpriced to the overindulged. I, too, have an eye and a shop full of old things. But lately my eye wanders, with the result that I don't much care if I sell anything or not. Please tell me you're not going to George's wedding, Dottie said. I shrugged. A few days later, I boarded Amtrak. I love flying about as much as Indiana Jones loves snakes. 
Of course, unlike most of the mistakes I've made in life, I know why I've come to California, to this impressive residence in the hills of Malibu. I'm here because I'm broke, insolvent, in debt, in trouble. And my half-sister, Charlotte, Georgia's mother, offered me a train ticket and a place to stay, which at least meant a break from my financial worries. I'm here because I always liked Georgia when she was a little girl, though it's been years since I last saw her. And I'm here because it's a rare opportunity to visit this beautiful estate, a property that currently belongs to Charlotte, but which was once, briefly, our mutual childhood home. I suppose I'd pictured Georgia's wedding as an all-expenses-paid vacation, like winning a trip in a raffle. But nothing's really free, is it? People always make you pay one way or another. A tall, grey-haired gentleman in a tuxedo stands near.